and a great Friday morning and a great Friday to you and yours. Tony Basilio, along with you and yours. Bino Jeff Henderson is here. Brian Hartman is here. The Vols are licking their bumps after a really frustrating loss at LSU. We continue to unpack Tennessee's unraveling during the uh, during the basketball season. Final four this weekend. Final four in the women tonight. Final four in the men tomorrow. And all kinds of stuff to talk about, including the fact that X has a great report up. Orange Throat has a great submission up. Over at our website, tclub.team, please check it out. We'll be referring to it as we go along today. As we welcome you to another edition, this is your Tony Basilio Show. Glad to be with you today on a fabulous, and I do mean fabulous, Friday. Bino Jeff Henderson, good morning to you. Good morning, Tony Bay and Brownie. Boy, baseball can be a mighty, mighty, mighty frustrating game. I was asking Brian Hartman in our cabal of cohorts yesterday and we went around the horn and i said hey look jacob de grom is going against my sillies and the skeenzer is going against my vols and what will my record be at nightfall and the, the answer was zero and two and both of my teams did an okay job against those great starting pitchers in their respective levels and um what do you know? Brian was right, and John Adams was right, and Matt Dixon's just plain old crotchety. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, the little things in big games, Tony. Little things in big games. Mm-hmm. Alberson's pitched really well. Yep. Uh, goes over to cover first base. Yeah. Uh, takes an underhand throw to first that mm-hmm. he's caught thousands of times since he's five years old and he just doesn't catch it uh, then you got an in-between play with christian moore where he has to make the right decision immediately and chose the wrong one and then halverson hits a batter then you give uh, the best team in the country an opportunity to put you away the and, right uh, decision is to take up on throw at the first base right being and not play around with it yes no you can't yeah you, you you need one out there, and that's the out that you, that you get. When he said they got no yeah, outs on that ball, I mean, it was disgusting. And you knew, when you give LSU those two free outs, you knew a ball was going into the gap. You knew that. So the Vols yes. had it, for, those, for the uninitiated, Tennessee plays this mighty LSU team. Tennessee's been what they've been so far this year, which is a work in progress. They really pushed the mighty LSU team. Uh, they really showed they can play on that stage. They showed they can play with those guys. They showed that by year's end, there will be, the Vols did, they showed there will be a tough out. There was a really a lot of positive to draw from last night's game. But winners, at the end of the day, winners win those games and losers lose those games. And Burke said something. On the telecast last week he did of Tennessee, which is, I think this team's going to be really hard to beat in their building, and I think they're going to struggle to win games away from their building. And and my contention is that a team that fails to do the little things in the field is a team that's going to have trouble winning at places like LSU, period, end of sentence, places like Arkansas. In fact, places like Missouri, anywhere on the road. I think Burke's right. I think these guys are. They've they've built a deficient baseball team in the field, Bino. 
But for the most part, they played really well in the field last night. That's the thing that's frustrating about it till the bottom of the eighth inning. Yeah, they 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 did, Tony, and you you hope that you hope that what you saw uh, through seven innings is is what you're going to see going forward. And I, I agree with you. I, uh, this is a completely different field than I had uh, when we went to Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I thought that, that that this was a team that that was focused, ready to play, and playing right along with the best team in the country. Uh, so there were some good things to see. I, this team has, other than the defensive questions, yep. uh, this, like we said, this team is circled on everyone's schedule. Yep. Uh, a circle that they did not earn. Yep. But it doesn't matter. They have to carry it. And what we're going to find out throughout this year is, are they good enough to bear the burden of carrying that circle that they had nothing to do with? Are they? I don't know. That's what we're going to find out. It looked pretty good last night at times. Yes, they did. Sure did. Look, in fact, really, their, uh, yeah, yeah. What what was their final SEC record last year? Like twenty five and five. Brian, I'm really glad you're asking me and Bino about final records last year. I'm sure you're going to get an answer from us. They were good. Yeah, they, I tell you that. Yeah, they they've almost lost as many SEC games this year already, but that's not the end of the world. Obviously, you you kind of expected to to drop somewhat, but the Missouri series is just. Yeah, I don't. You know that, that's that's un, that's unexplained. We're we're back to reality, guys. We're back. William, to, William Shatner. William Shatner not, will do a segment on the unexplained on that Missouri series. We're not. Uh, the super team is gone. This is a good college baseball team. So we're we're back on earth. Uh, you saw from said, Ellis. I'm, I'm on here. Hey, Bino, you saw don't from Ellis. Don't get swept on the road. Yeah. And win your home series. LSU is allegedly number one in America. Okay, they had trouble closing that game out last night. Their yeah. they, their fielding wasn't exactly stellar. They didn't exactly look lights out great to me last night. LSU didn't. Tennessee looks like they could stand in the ring with those guys. That gave me hope last night. Well, they they, they can certainly win a game there, and they could they could maybe win two games there. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. They they feel better, bro. That that would be stealing something there. Winning two would be stealing. Let's get this game tonight and then give ourselves that opportunity. Yeah. We come back, and then we'll get some calls in. So the calls that are there hang. Christy Boy Burke's going to join us. The great Chris Burke holds all Tennessee's records and holds the record this week for the most misquoted member of our uh, inner family circle. I've been misquoting him all week. So, But one thing about Berkey I appreciate is he never told me, he told Matt Dixon, which is to embarrass me yesterday on the air. So I really appreciate that. More, he'll join us on the TLD Logistics Hotline, and then we'll get some calls in. Uh, no Hughie today. We're Hughie free. So it's Berkey, phone calls, the you, the me, the one, the one on, the three. The three on one after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. 
Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. 
this is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. The City of Columbia invites you to experience Mule Day 2023. Don't miss this annual celebration March 30th through April 2nd. The popular Mule Day Parade takes place Saturday, April 1st at 11 a.m. in downtown Columbia, featuring Grand Marshal Mike Wolf of American Pickers. And Murray County Park is where the endless Mule Day fun is happening with a daily lineup of mule competitions, crafts, foods, live entertainment, and more. Visit muleday.com for details. You want to grill out, but the price of meat has been skyrocketing at the supermarket. So how about 20 ribeyes for $39.99? Prime House Direct, America's number one online butcher, is having a gigantic four-day sale. Today through Saturday, 8 a.m. till 7 p.m. Rain or shine. At Marvin's. 860 North Ellington Parkway, Lewisburg. Look for the big truck. And the big tent. 20 ribeyes, $39.99. Cases of fillets, New York strips, Delmonico's, homeless chicken breast, and even more shrimp with wholesale boxes of individual prime portions that give seals for long freezer life. 20 ribeyes, $39.99. Accepting cash, credit, debit card, and EBT. 20 ribeyes, $39.99. Stop by and register to win our $1,000 prime steak, chicken, pork, and seafood package along with a free freezer. No purchase necessary. 20 ribeyes, $39.99. At Marvin's. 860 North Ellington Parkway, Lewisburg. Today through Saturday, 8 a.m. till 7 p.m. Rain or shine. Online at theprimehousedirect.com. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. What you do is, what you do now is, in the radio audience, you take your head, okay, and you bow it. And then you say to yourself, oh, my gosh, those are the tones of the guy that I hear on television calling these college baseball games across the globe. And some major league games even these days, depending on the venue. And his name is the great Chris Burke, who represents the Vols tremendously well, uh, my God tremendously well, and I'm proud to call him a friend. Burke, all that said, you're going to have to help get me through this baseball season with this Tennessee baseball team. Because if I got to sit through a couple more of those last night, I mean, it's bad enough. I've got the Phillies and Aaron Nola with a 5 nothing lead blowing a... Game and I'm trying to love baseball. Okay, uh, uh, blowing a game where we've knocked their starter out, Jacob Degrom. The Phillies rocked him, got five runs off of him, and freaking Aaron Nola gave it back in one inning, Berkey. And then I got to watch my balls last night, scratch and claw to stay in a game, two-two, eighth inning. Blake Burke fields a ball with two outs at first base, nobody on. I mean, this is baseball now. This is baseball. Tosses the ball over to the pitcher. God knows what he's doing, what he's thinking, and all of a sudden the floodgates open, Burke. Three runs later, the Vols are done. How hard is that for you to watch at? Well, it was going it was going to script. Like like you guys you guys were watching it like it, you guys kinda nailed it yesterday as you were in the midst of mis- misquoting me regularly. But uh, hang in there, right? Get to the bullpen, you got a chance to win the game. If, if it was a game between bullpen, um, Tennessee had the advantage. 
That's just the reality of it. And so they were right where they wanted to be. Mm. High ball game. They're in the both teams are in the bullpen, and all you get not that it was, you know, not that it was a uh, cruise control, but all mm. you got to do is catch the ball first base and you run off the field. Mm. You're, you're in a bullpen game, which you saw it in the ninth. Like Tennesseeans, I mean, heck, Chris Scott hit that ball five feet farther in a tie game. Like, like you were right in it, um, and just. The littlest of things. I mean, that's akin to a, to a, you know, missing a wide open fast break layup or dribbling the ball at your foot in basketball turns. Like just something that Seth Halverson could do in his sleep. You just, I don't, sometimes you, there's no explanation. Sometimes you just drop the ball and that's exactly what happened. But give, give LSU credit. Jordan Thompson comes up with a big swing of the bat. That's what great teams do. They capitalize on mistakes. He unraveled after that. And then Halvey has this thing too. Uh, where he gets over 40 pitches and it gets difficult. And, and Matt Matt Dixon nailed that. But I want to camp back here. Bino, we kind of introduced this in our first segment. I want to ask you, you watch a lot of baseball. I have. I've got a decent feel for the game when I'm watching it. I had a sense that that ball's fielded cleanly there. The Vols are scoring in the ninth inning, and they're winning the game. They're going to walk out of there with the win last night. I, I think they. I think that was a give back last night. Tennessee was going to win the game last night, Bean. I, I don't know that I believed that they were going to win the game, but I, I, I thought they were certainly in position to win it, just like Chris said. And I felt like that if if Tennessee had an advantage at all in this game, and knowing nothing about LSU, mm-hmm. I, I would think that we've got about as strong a bullpen as anyone's got. So I, I would have felt good about that situation. Chris, r- right off the top here, what is it about Skeens that reminds you of Otani? Uh, well, other than the fact they both throw a hundred, not much, you know, not much. You know, um, <laughs> Burke, do you think they were going to win last night? Uh, well, I think, you know, a lot of times in these three game series, there's the old, you know, lose the battle, uh, win the war kind of thing. Um, I think. Again, I think they were right where they wanted to be. I think they were right where Arkansas was last week. It's a one-to-one game. You go to extra innings. And Arkansas, Arkansas scored eight on the bullpen <laughs> in the tenth. You know, and we, they they won. I mean, you, you had a chance there for for LSU to lose back-to-back weeks with Paul Skeens on the mound. Not that he would have gotten the loss, right? But there was a chance for that to happen. Yep. Uh, and I think the other piece where you feel like it's almost two losses is, I mean, in a way, you're, you're happy that, that uh, Garrett Edwards had to throw uh, an inning in, in two-thirds last night. But, man, you could have you could have gone real deep into that bullpen and really made things tough on LSU moving forward mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the series. And you burned up one of your key arms, too, <laughs> who's going to be available for in, in a short, in a short set, maybe in game three, maybe, maybe, maybe in game three. My contention is that might have been the game Tennessee could have stolen. I mean, we'll see. What's your sense? Give me um, from the outside or the insider perspective to most of us that don't pay attention to it the way you do. The kid throwing for LSU tonight against uh, Burns, who has the edge from your perspective? Well, this is. To me, this is what makes this series the best series in college baseball, uh, and I, you know, I don't think it's hyperbole to say it'll be the best series played all year long because Chase Burns and Ty Floyd, it's not Dolander and Schemes, 
in totality, but it's two really, really good arms. And I am, I am kind of thinking that Chase Burns might steal the show tonight. Mm. I, I just think based on the way his stuff has been trending, and I think he's just kind of one of those kids that has a feel for the moment. Um, I, I think Chase Burns is going to go out there and absolutely show up tonight. That's just my call. Uh, that doesn't mean that Tennessee is going to bully Ty Floyd because Ty Floyd, you're going to see a, a fastball up into the 95, 96-mile-hour range from Ty Floyd. It's mm-hmm. just something to watch on from him. It's a fastball that plays up a little bit like Dolander, so you're going to see kind of that elevated fastball look from Ty Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, you're going to have to hit a couple balls out of the ballpark because we, we know the, the modern-day game, is the, the re, one of the reasons strikeouts are up the way they are across baseball is because this elevated fastball produces a lot of swings and misses. You know, the sinker was designed to get miss hits, not swings and misses. The four-seam fastball at the top of the zone is designed to get miss hits. Now, I mean designed to get swings and misses, but when you run into one like Dugas did last night, it's a homer. Right, so the homers and the strikeouts are up across baseball because everybody's throwing four seamers. Everybody's trying to max out their velo. Everybody's trying to get swings and misses at the top of the zone. But the difference between the belly button high fastball and the belt high fastball is one ends up being a swing and miss, and one ends up being a ball that goes 400 feet. Right, and so if you're Tennessee, the the plan tonight is to run into a couple high Floyd fastballs at the top of the zone. Uh, but this man, the stuff I saw from Chase Burns last weekend against Angadel for three innings is as good a stuff as, as around maybe just a, a titch below, um, Paul Skeens. And so, you know, that's what, to me, that's what makes this series so great on both sides is that, yeah, it was the headliners last night, but it doesn't take much of a drop off tonight. You know what I love about last night's game? And I, I like everybody's perspective on this is, you know, we have a tendency to focus on the stars and even the stars at bat, you know. But yet it's those um it's those middle of the order role player guys that are the difference in those games. And that thing had a postseason feel to it last night from that perspective. Like um C Scott for the Vols was huge last night. Yeah. The the game he yeah. turned in. And and here's a guy who everybody thought, you know, you're gonna be able to carry him in the SEC, you're gonna have to hide him, blah, 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 blah. And he balled out last night. And you could tell by his body language that he welcomed being in that moment, which I think is a great sign for Tennessee. Yeah, no, he's he's been very good last two weekends. I mean, he had a couple big hits against A&M. And um, obviously, anytime you get an RBI base hit, I think it was a two-RBI base hit against Paul Skeens, you start from the bottom of your order, you're starting to feel pretty good about things. I think the, you know, the, just if I could brag on our company a little bit, I don't know if you guys felt it the way I did, but they did a fantastic job showcasing that venue. It felt big. Oh. It didn't feel big as they were showcasing oh. the Fox Stadium last night. I mean, it, no it, doubt. It's, thir- it's 13,000 seats, and as is, is many stadiums have made these grand improvements, you get LSU – in a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night setting, it still feels as big as any arena in college baseball. Now, they don't have the outfield uh, ambiance going on that a lot of the league has picked up on, but, mm-hmm. man, when I thought our crew did a fantastic job of of showcasing that stadium. You know, from, from center field looking in, it's still the best stadium in college baseball. Now, from home plate looking out, it, it, it isn't, but uh, – 
it just had a fantastic feel to it last night. And you know what? Those people are knowledgeable. Like, they weren't ig- they weren't ignorant yeah. toward Tennessee last night. I-, I think those people understand we're watching college bas- baseball here about as well as it can be played. It seemed to me they were pretty respectful toward the game in front of them last night, those people. Oh, yeah, and nobody knows what it looks like more than they do. Yes. Like, you know, I mean, yeah. I love our, our, our fan base as much as anybody, but that nobody has the depth no. of college baseball experience as that fan base. You could tell, though, from their perspective that they were respecting the Tennessee uh, volunteer program. There wasn't a yeah, lot of hoo-ha from right. their fans. That's it right. was, uh, yeah. I, I sensed, hey, we're here to be treated to a great ball game. And I love, let me tell you, I'm not an American League guy like Bino. I'm a low-scoring baseball guy. I love games like that. 2-2 in the eighth inning. I mean, are you kidding me? The, I'd like to know, I'd like to know. How many people across the country were watching? And it was on ESPNU, and yep. I did it. But it's a shame they couldn't get it on the, the Big Bird. Yep. Yeah, but how many people across the country were tuned in? I guarantee you there was a lot of professional baseball watching Skeens versus Dolander. Because, again, I mean, that's you're talking about two of the yep. top five or ten picks in the draft. Like, there was a lot of people watching last night. Hey, a buddy of mine told me last night, who's been in it forever, he said, this Dylan Cruz guy, real deal Holyfield. This uh, first baseman from Tennessee, real deal player. Yeah. Tennessee second yeah. baseman, professional baseball yeah. player. Uh, they were all over the place last night. I mean, it was, uh, whew, wow. Bino, Jeff Henderson, jump back in here. I wrote at the bottom of my blog today, if you want to introduce somebody to major college baseball, I'd point them to this last night's game and this weekend series and say, there it is. Go become a fan. Yeah, that's it. So, what Bino, think, Bino, what, what was your take on Skeens last night? Uh, I I thought that he was he was super impressive last night. I, I'm 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 still trying to figure out exactly what happens with a guy whose whose fastball average fastball jumps five miles per hour. Uh, I'm I'm you know I, I'm I'm guessing uh, that like they said on the broadcast last night, you're talking about a guy that goes from that strict military uh, institution life, getting up 6 o'clock every morning and all that stuff, everything that goes along with uh, uh, other than baseball, uh, and then and then comes. Did we lose you, Bino? Where'd you go? Yeah, we lost him there. For we sure. lost there Bino. Was... Bino, you there? I, I... But go ahead, speak to that. Yeah, well, let me say on yeah. that, I, I was yeah. the guy that went from, four home runs to 20 home runs my sophomore to my junior year and there were a bunch of people asking questions about what I was doing uh and what I will tell you that I did was I came home from CBUSA and realized where I needed to get better and improve and things I needed to work on Mm -hmm. at the top of that list was the weight room and and just some mechanical things I won't bore you with but Mm -hmm. I I sold my dad on hey dad can I take 12 hours this semester here like I I need to it's time to put the gas pedal down on this deal Mm -hmm. you know and I talked him into it, and I gained about six pounds in the weight room, which is no small number, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, just took off. Now, I didn't know it was going to lead quite to that, but mm-hmm. um, essentially, uh, yeah, I was going to class. I mean, and I was still taking care of my business, but 12 hours is not a ton, and you can really do some other things. And something tells me that Paul Skeen, like Bino was saying and like the guys were saying on the broadcast last night, it's gone from baseball being a part of his 
deal to the deal and his his when he wakes up it's the thing that he's got on his mind 24 7 um and you're talking about just a kid that's a just a monster of a of an athlete right and so when he's when he's got his training and his uh performance number one on his list which he's allowed to do at lsu i think you can i don't it doesn't shock me that he's made that big of a jump i'll I'll just say that hey chris i've been telling tony that this team uh Tennessee is circled on everyone's schedule, mm. and it's a circle that this team didn't earn, but they have to carry. Uh, and and I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, if they can bear that burden throughout this year. And I, and I think one thing that they really need to do, they played well last night. Now, the next step is get a win on the road against a quality baseball team so they know that they can. Yep. Yeah, and, and, you know, I've been saying to you guys, first of all, I think last night, probably in a lot of ways, was a was a confidence builder. I mean, let's be honest. Last time they were away from home, it did, yep. they, they didn't play Missouri nearly as close as they played some one team in the country last night. Yep. Uh, even though, we, we, you know, we can we can say a lot of things about that Missouri series. But definitely need to figure out a way to get one. Uh, you catch your breath, you come back and play just as talented of a team next weekend. Um, you got to keep your head above water over the next uh, couple weeks or at least you know, floating at the top of the water, however you want to put that phrase. Uh, but I'm telling you, I think the exciting thing, and I, I just would encourage the fan base to keep their perspective, the exciting thing about this team is I don't think Tony's going to know exactly what his best group is um, until the middle end of April. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the exciting thing about that is the hope would be that you're playing, you know, if you can stay healthy, especially on the mound, you could easily look up and say, and this team's just hitting their stride in the first or second week of May, um, as opposed to this time last year, everybody was like, can we just hurry up and get to the College World Series? Because there's no way we could play better than we're playing right now, right? Well, so it's going to have yeah. a much different feel to it for that reason. Case in point, guys, I thought last night in the first inning when Dolander had the traffic, that he's going to get hit, and that we were going to be down several runs and get blown out last night. That's kind of what I expected. I think a lot of people did, if we're being honest here. And it looked like we had some growth last night in that game, even in a loss, to your point. Now, I know, Burke, they're going to sit there internally and go, God, we just threw a game away. Yeah. Because we're in their pen. They, the Vols got traffic in the ninth inning anyway. They were going to get, they were going to win the game. I mean, I'm, I'm convinced of that. You guys aren't going to say that. I'm going to say it. I'm convinced they're mm-hmm. going to win the game. But the point is that they've grown a whole bunch since the Missouri series. Why did you say out loud on the on the broadcast last week when you were you were talking about uh, not only the pitcher we saw last night being a tremendous two way player, but why you said that the Vols were going to struggle away from the friendly confines, and that's the way you put it. Uh, why? Well, I, I think you've got a. Uh, I think the nucleus of the team, specifically Dickey. Moore and uh, Burke, I think just they're still young as far as being stars. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's just a warm and cozy feel about being home, right? So that's more of a feeling thing. And then the second thing is, I mean, he, everybody likes sitting at home better because you're just used to the sight lines, you're used to your routine, you're used to the dugout, all those kinds of things. But it's a great place to hit. Like It's a great place to hit, you know? And so... When you're comfortable and you're in a, in a in a place that's a great place to hit, I think you're going to perform better. Like I think our pitching staff 
is going to do their thing regardless of where they're at, right? Uh, but I think the offense will play better when they get the home juice and they get the home sight lines and all those kinds of things. So I just think that will uh, will bear out as the season goes along. Uh, but I also think that um, as the season goes along, you're going to see a, a team that looks like they're starting to get some offense in the bottom third of their order, at least the bottom half of the order. I thought that, to me, was a big takeaway. Now, Zane Denton went nuts, and they batted him ninth the other day against Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. But I think that was, you know, there's a question, at least on my end early, you know, where was the offense going to come after the first four or five hitters? Uh, and I think the offense is starting to show that they're going to have some depth and some versatility to it, which which is what you're going to have to have because your stars aren't always going to come up big. That You just can't lean on them every single night. So I think that was a big takeaway from the last few conference games as well. One take on the way out, Burke, is that a guy like Merritt hasn't seen the type of pitching that he's going to see this weekend from LSU. Is that a lazy take because these guys all play each other, or is that accurate that when you're at Cincinnati, you're just not going to see – I mean, obviously, Paul Skeens don't grow does won't grow on trees. The kid you're going to see tonight's very good as well. Is that an accurate take? Because he looked—I uh, don't want to say overmatched last night, but he looked a little overmatched. Well, I would say that the AAC, the AAC is very good baseball. Uh, Central Florida and East Carolina, like there, there's plenty of good baseball in the yeah. AAC. But it's it's not unfair to say that he hasn't seen this level of pitching. I think that's fair. Okay. That being said, if you can. If you can fit Griffin Merritt six or seven hole, and he can hit you fifteen homers almost no matter when they come, just so long as they're not all on Tuesday night, um, then he's a he's a valuable player, right? And so I think part of it too is even though he's a what fifth year player, mm-hmm. there has to be some growing pains for him too, just getting used to the level of intensity mm-hmm. and velocity that he's seeing. But again, keeping the long game in perspective. If Griffin Merritt, he's going to have some clunkers. Most sluggers do, right? But if he can end up, if you look up at the end of the year and he's hit 14 to 18 homers, um, he's going to win you some ball games as well. And I think that's kind of the point when you get a bat like that. On, uh, if, on, on the way out, Chris, is there anyone you want to compare tonight's LSU pitcher to? Oh, would you stop <laughs> it, Pino? My gosh. Hey, uh, oh, I think uh, go ahead, wasn't there a good pitcher yeah. in East Carolina a couple years ago? That, oh, there's just that, ton. Uh, Carolina's got dudes every year. Yeah, they had a guy throwing 99. His name escapes me, but he was a first-round pick. He went to Vanderbilt. Went Williams? Went with Kamar Rocker. Yeah. Um, no, I, look, the, the AAC plays a lot of really good baseball, um, but it's it's un, it's unfair to Griffin Merritt to think he's going to hop in and just immediately produce the same results he did mm-hmm. at Cincinnati for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. But, again, I, you know – I've, t- I've had some conversations with coaches through the years. There are certain players, and I don't think Griffin Merritt necessarily falls into this category, but there are certain players where you kind of just need to go, look, I almost am not even going to judge him on a day-to-day basis. I'm certain what I'm going to get in totality. I'm not sure when those days are going to arrive, but I'm going to put his name in the lineup and just wait for his days to pop up from time to time. And they're going to pop up. Hopefully he has one tonight. Is, Hopefully, yeah, The good news is, yeah. from an offensive perspective, we're not – completely reliant on him to do his thing every night. Like, that's the right. lineup has more depth than that. Well, they showed it last night. I think that's one yeah. of the great takeaways. Burke, uh, thank you, brother. Enjoy your weekend. Who, who do you have this weekend? I am going to College Station as we speak for Ole Miss and Texas A&M, which 
Oh, I have boy. always told you, the great thing about this league is is the intensity of it on a night-in, night-out yes. basis. And you literally have two, two, two teams playing for their lives. Because one's one and five, and one's zero oh and six. It's unbelievable. So it's cool. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable, yep. Andy. Well, it is. Thank you, Berkey. Good talking All to right, you. Guys. Enjoy it. The great Chris Burke appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline online tldlogistics.com. The great uh, Jim Peters is encouraged by the way the Vols played last night. We'll go to the phones. TLD is so much more than a trucking company. TLD Logistics, man, they just do everything. Whatever your challenges are relating to shipping. You call TLD Logistics, you let them figure it out from there because they will. And they're online at tldlogistics.com. Does that make me a loser, Bino, that I was encouraged last night? Because I really thought in that first inning, oh, boy, here comes the avalanche. They're going to do to us what we did to teams last year because they're the super team in college baseball. And, boy, we're going to pay the price tonight. But that isn't how that game played out. No, that's not a loser attitude at all, Tony. I'm, I was encouraged as well with the way that Tennessee played. Uh, because they just, they really hadn't played very well on other teams' home fields. On, uh, so it, it was good to see them walk in. They'll, they won't face any bigger environment than the one that they faced last night. Yep. And, and they, they weren't overcome by it at all. Do we need loose hat burns or tight hat burns tonight? Let's go to the phones. I kind of, I loved him when his hat was falling off last year all the time. Uh, it was very charming. Uh, we need his hat to stay on. Hello and welcome. He looked like uh, that Pacella guy that used to pitch for the Mets, whose gimmick was his hat would fall off after every pitch. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hi, you're live on the air. Good morning. Good morning. You're live on the air. Hello. All right, let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Tony Basilio Show. Hi. Hey, Tony. It's Jason in Dalton, Georgia. Can you hear me? Hey, Jason in Dalton. Go right ahead, my oh, man. Very good. I, I'm the guy that called you uh, officiate high school. Yes, sir. In Georgia, and um, I, I did get a chance to to officiate the Merklinger kid uh, that, that committed to Tennessee. Tell me about him. Yeah, tell us about our um, new quarterback commitment from yesterday. It was very interesting. He plays for a private school in Savannah, of course. They're double-A AA or triple-A, kind of a medium-sized school in Georgia. And it, it was interesting what – I didn't pay much attention to his recruitment process, but mm-hmm. when I saw it yesterday and then I saw he came from Cavalry Day in Savannah, I thought, I remember that kid now. So he, it's kind of an interesting similarity and also not similar at all to Harrison Bailey to me, and I'll explain that. He and Bailey, I think, are about the same size when I had them, 6'3", 6'4", 200, 210 pounds, somewhere in there. So they kind of look the same from a distance. But when I was up close with both of them, they were in different situations. Harrison Bailey played for Marietta, who was the buzzsaw that other teams ran into. All he really needed to do was quickly get the ball to his playmakers, get out of the way, and let them do the work. This Merklinger kid was the opposite when I saw him. His team ran into the buzzsaw when I saw him. Mm. That was Cedar Grove High School in inner city Atlanta. Those kids are, that's a ridiculous team for that size of school. He was the team for that Cavalry Day High School. Now, they, they were pretty darn good, but he was the stud for them. He looked like a stud. He acted like a stud. He's got some swagger about him. 
but he just couldn't do anything with what he had against that team that he played. And I came away very impressed with him. He's more athletic than Harrison Bailey. He's not going to he, – he can run. He's going to get some yards for you, but he's definitely a pass-first guy. Great arm. Um, a better arm than Harrison Bailey had to me. Um, longer throws, more deep throws. But he, he just, just – you know, he, he wasn't going to do anything with that team that they ran up against. So similar in size, but very different in – what I saw out there, I think that the kid has has a lot better chance for a future um, w- with Tennessee and in college football because I think he's more athletically gifted than what I saw with Bailey. Yeah, and I think he's got he's got a good feel about him. I I, I like what I saw out of him. Well, you've proven yourself with the Bailey deal because you called in during the Bailey thing, and you said, hey, look, I know people are really excited, but he's okay. He, he's, not, he's not what people think he is. And uh, you, took some, um, you took some heat for that, and then we took some heat for saying that Tennessee's OC at the time, which I believe is Jim Chaney, was not uh, real high on Bailey, and that proved to be the case. And then I believe Harrison Bailey is now at UNLV. Is that right? And he's gotten on the, ro- he's gotten on the field sporadically. Yes. So I, you and yeah, I think I that's paid. what's occurred to him. What what's a, yeah. what's happened with him? This guy, um, X was kind of raving about him. One of the things X was telling me yesterday off the air about him was that uh, Georgia jumped in there late. Georgia decided late. We need this guy. We need to go get this guy. And Tennessee had already done all the work, and uh, so he had a pretty interesting list of uh, schools like in North Carolina. It's had some successful quarterbacks in recent years, a um, couple pretty front-line guys, um, and there were a couple other interesting potential suitors for him as well. So sounds like a good get for the Vols from your perspective, Jason. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I, I think he's he, he's got a chance to do some really good things, and I, I think it's a very good sign and very interesting that Hypo and crew have gone into South Georgia into Savannah, and Savannah's not a hotbed of talent. A lot of people assume it is. It's really not. For some reason, I can't really figure that out. But to go in there and to get in with that kid, where Tennessee probably had very little success in the mm-hmm. South Georgia-Savannah area mm-hmm. in you know, a couple of decades, and to get that kid um, out of Georgia or Florida or Florida State, if they had interest, I don't know. But mm-hmm. I think it's a very good time for Heupel to get a kid out of South Georgia that people want. That's a good sign. And the pitch for that young man, which shows a lot for his character, is you are probably going to sit for a couple of years, but you're going to learn. And and you're going to get the opportunity of a lifetime when you get your opportunity, probably in your third year here. So Right. Yeah. I, I agree. Hope he sticks around, but uh, I like what I saw. He, he's got the he's got the size. He's got the arm. He's, thank you. Yep, he's got it. I appreciate hey, it. Hey, thank you, man. Thank you for sharing that with us. And we always love Jason's input because he does games, and he's proven to us, you know, down through the years that he knows what he's looking at out there on the field when he's officiating. I, I agree, Tony. That's that's great news to hear. I, I thought two of the more encouraging things about the signing was. Uh, one, Georgia was on his list, and now how interested they were, I don't know. Yeah. But they were on his list, and uh, just about everyone on his list 
had a clearer path to play quarterback sooner than Tennessee did, and we've got a brand-new offensive coordinator. So I think all of that, him choosing Tennessee with all of those factors is really good. 865-200-5402. So the Merklinger uh, commitment yesterday, and Tennessee has their building block quarterback of the future. And I'm a big believer that, in college football, you have to add at least one quarterback every year, and you got to have you have to have one that's pretty good. You don't just take a quarterback to take a quarterback. You got to take somebody that can play, if um, if if need be. And I know that's a I know that's a perfect world type first world scenario. But Tennessee's almost in a position where they're becoming first worldy. Before I go back to the phones, Bino, are you surprised with all the, you know, it was pro day yesterday, and Hooker's still a couple weeks away from being able to throw the ball, but are you uh, surprised by the level of interest and the things that are being said about Hendon Hooker by those that deal in, follow, speculate on the NFL draft? Uh, yes, Tony, especially since he really hasn't been able to showcase anything um, to uh, during combines or, or pro days or anything else physically, uh, uh, but you know we know what a uh, we we know from his time here what an impressive young man he is, um, and you know at his advanced age I thought that that would hurt him as well. So he's going in a different direction as far as projections than I thought that he would go. You want your organization to trade for Lamar Jackson, Bino? I, I do, Tony, because I just don't see – I don't see a college quarterback out there to, after the first two picks uh, that are worth a high pick. Brian, and I would prefer I, – I would prefer if they were going to take a, a college quarterback that they wait until their second pick and, and take him. Brian, would an, as an adversary in their division, does – the concept of Lamar Jackson joining the Colts scare you, Brian? Well, he'll have to run for his life behind that offensive line. That's oh, for sure. Those are fighting words. And, uh, well, that's that's the truth. Um, last year they beat Lamar Jackson. When you have Trevor Lawrence, you're not as afraid of the other this quarterback as Good. most teams are. So, Gosh. You talk about a guy. Bring it on, I say. Got the hopium in the pipe. Let's go back to the phones, get our next call in. 865-200-5402. Hello. Hey, Tony, Bino team. Um, last night's game was uh, was absolutely electric. It's good to hear Berkey. I'm glad the APB was uh, was successful. Great to hear his uh, his viewpoint. I can listen to Berkey talk uh, college baseball for hours. He's, uh, he's next level. He's so outstanding, Tony. Uh, one of the best things about last night is to see how Doe responded. Uh, he is mentally uh, very strong. Um, he had a chance to wilter. He obviously didn't have the, his most effective stuff. Uh, his location wasn't uh, wasn't what it normally is. That guy battled, and he gave us every opportunity to win. That was that was really impressive. The other thing I would call out is Christian Scott has stepped up in a big way. Uh, he's he's relying on his experience and uh, and all the reps he's had in his, his previous four years at UT. I think uh, I think he's earned a starting role, whether it's center field or right field, until further notice. He, he brings a, a bit of calm and leadership, and um, 
defense is spectacular, but that bat's been coming alive. What do you think about that, Tony and Dino? I love when he stole the base last night. He knew he stole the base. The arrogance of LSU's infielder did not keep the tag on him, Bino, which is stock and trade these days because he thought, oh, I'm going to believe the umpire's call. And C. Scott easily beat the baseball, Bino. Easily. Oh, that was Seymour. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're right. I'm always confused on my Moors, but Scott got the big hit. The, the big two-out hit that Berkey was talking about to give the Vols a lead off Skeens, which is a great validation. Plus, he's played a really, really, obviously, a really nice outfield for them. In fact, I like the outfield Tennessee played last night. I know they're still going to be in flux or still fooling around with it, but I, I like the kid they have in center field right now, Bino, to balance out their outfield. I think that looks like a representative a major college outfield, Star. Yeah, I think Hunter Hensley is the big story. I, I think he's the stabilizer yep. that they needed that they can put in center field that's that has a combination of, of bat and and defensive ability that needs to be the everyday center fielder. I am happy for Christian Scott that he's come on and, and made some contributions here. Uh, I gotta believe though going forward that somehow, some way, you've got to get tears more at bats. Tears for fears. We were asking uh, the other day of Evan Russell, were you surprised about Ensley? And he and he was like, yes, I'm very surprised. So it's interesting how sometimes a solution can be right under your nose, even with guys that have played with people, and then you give them a shot to play a position, and they take the bull by the horns. And, and good for C. Scott and good for Ensley. Ensley's a guy that's been in the program as well. So good for those guys. Yeah, Inslee's, Inslee's got what? This is his third year. He's mm-hmm. come up strong. He plays great defense. Yeah. Uh, and he's got a great bat. I'll tell you how weak Bino and, and Tony is is uh, the official scoring. How in the heck? Uh, and I'm not picking on more. I can't even say his defense was most improved. And I, I stand by that. He had a mental error. You got two outs. He plays at first. You don't even think about tagging the run. No. But how, and he, he bobbled the ball, uh, you know, as well. How is that rolled an infield hit? That's that's weak. What do you think, Bino? I was a second baseman. I think that's a play you have to make. I don't think you can score that a hit in my mind. That's like a fielder's choice. What do you think, Beanstar? Well, I, I think you probably could have scored it a hit if if you didn't see the bobble, the slight bobble after he tried right. to tag the runner. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's I I guess I can see. If he missed the bobble, how he call it a hit? But I—that's—it's definitely an error in judgment. But uh, unfortunately, you know, you have a lot of those in baseball that rule hits. Three guys will stand around and watch the ball drop right between them. Space hit. So it's a tween, It's a tweener ball. It, it's really frustrating if you're pitching because that is what kind of open. I'm not picking at him. Obviously, the pitcher is culpable as well with the bobble at first base, but the two plays that are made there that it should be routine plays at this level that weren't made you knew taylor when that happened you knew it was going to be curtains i could have put a ball in the gap after that happened well you can't yeah you can't give a team five out that that happens i know that's baseball i'm not picking on more that guy's a leader His yeah team, it is what it is played strong D, but you can't you can't have two errors mm-hmm. give them five outs and expect to win especially on the road against a dominant team no. like lsu that venue looks spectacular that's oh. on my bucket list Got to get down to, to Baton Rouge for a baseball game. Uh, looked electric. Uh, 
uh, it's great to see ESPN uh, pick up these games. I wish we could get more on the on the big the big one and the and the deuce. Uh, last thing I'll say, Tony, is is I think this team's going to come together. I think they're going to fight. They're going to uh, have a great chance of uh, winning the next two. And uh, I'm impressed. I think it's a good lineup, good coaching, and end of the day, uh, uh, I'm I'm still very. Uh, if there are stock, I'd be all in on the on the baseballs, Tony. Uh, Bino, on the way out, last two questions for you. Um, BH, the Otani rule should apply to, to college, in my opinion. I want to get your take on the way out of allowing the DH to be for any fielder, not the pitcher, so you can have a, a good a good athletic pitcher hit, and you can have, say, a weak shortstop that he's in there for defensive purposes. You can DH it for any position, not marry that DH to the shortstop. The other rule change I would implement in college baseball is, is more of the judgmental errors. If you've got a uh, a player who simply uh, makes an error in judgment and decides, uh, no, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to catch this pop fly, uh, that should be an error. This whole nonsense about it's got to hit their glove before it's an error, we need to be a little more judicious and use some common sense when uh, we're doing the official scoring. GBO, go ball, Tony. Thank you, Tay. Good talking to you. Bino, your thoughts on uh, he wants to uh, reapply, reimagine the DH role? I, I haven't thought a great deal about that, Tony. I, I would... I would hate to think as a college player that I was playing a position not getting a hit. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't I, – I think about individuals in that rather yeah. than – because you, cause you wore the, a uniform, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the game itself. Um, uh, I do think there should be team errors. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I was – I played a position and didn't pitch, so uh, I, I, don't, I don't care what – helps or hurts the pitcher well you just you you mentioned that right um the ball hitting a i've never never understood that so so an outfielder on a ball that could be a routine fly ball mm-hmm. right runs in on a ball yeah. and it goes over his head it's a double maybe a triple maybe an inside the park home run if two people collide that's i've never I remember being a kid and being at a Phillies game. Um, Bob Dernier hit a ball against the Cubs, and Rick Rick Monday was in center field and somebody else, and they collided and basically got knocked out. And he ran the bases and um, inside the park home run. I, I remember turning to my brother and saying, so that's an error, right? And he goes, uh, no. That's everybody's cheering. I'm like, well, that's a – he goes, no, it never hit a glove. And I'm like, that's never made any sense to me, being star. Ever. Yeah, there are plays every game when you could probably uh, score a team error and and they're they're not scored. Yeah. Tony, my biggest my biggest concern with Tennessee baseball and yep. I hope they prove it, it was the bottom part of our order, but I, I'm like Chris. I, I think we found some answers there. Now my biggest question is I believe we're worse at every infield position defensively than we were last year. I don't believe we're better anywhere. I don't you think we're better. You can't say that about top. Ahuna. You can't know. You can't say that about the hype. Come on now. Uh, I, I just don't. You're not allowed uh, to do that. I, I know he came in here with the, and and I watched him play a couple of games and thought the same thing. I was guilty of uh, it. He's. Uh, I I don't think we're as good defensively at any infield position as we were last year. The only where we're the only place we're close, I think, is second. 
boy, that's a quite a statement. I, I want you to um, bottle that, and I want you to pose that Monday uh, as part of our extra innings with um, the great Evan Russell. Because I, I got to tell you, I, I think um, we've gotten a lot of great feedback about ER and the extra innings um, segment on here, which we also uh, serve up, uh, up as a podcast and. The feedback I've gotten on him from people is that he provides excellent insight. I hear two things. I hear he's he provides excellent insight, and he does it in a no-nonsense, no-agenda manner. He just calls it like it is. And I would be really curious to hear what he would have to say about your uh, assessment. Now, obviously, in, some, in, in, in one way, somebody would say, well, someone listening, obviously, Tony, he's going to defend his f- former teammates from uh, last year. But he played with two of the other guys that are in the infield. So, I mean, just thinking out loud here, I think it's an interesting uh, observation, Bino, because Ohuna has uh, tremendous hype around him, right? Could it be? That he's still getting comfortable. I mean, what has he been in, been out there three weeks now? Could it be that he's still getting comfortable, Bino? Are you open to that or no? Well, uh, you know, it, it it could be Tony, uh, but I think that I think that if you go back and look at his fielding percentage at Kansas, I think it was overblown from the start when he got here. Uh, in in. I think he felt he was feeling it like 945 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, in, in, in talking about, he, he would know the numbers better than I, but in talking to my brother yesterday, he, his fielding average was lower than the average fielding percentage of any team in the Big 12, I believe. Could it have been? And I'm not. I'm not trying to poke holes in Fab Five Freddy's theory because that's just not my style. Could it be though that he played in a facility, probably on a surface at Kansas, that wasn't the greatest in the world in conditions that probably weren't the greatest in the world? He didn't exactly look like a cold weather warrior. Uh, sure, it, up it, there in it, uh, it, Missouri. It could be that. It it could be that. Um, now. You know, when I watch him, though, I, I see a guy that makes he's shaky. Superlative plays. Yeah, he's shaky on routine stuff. On routine plays. You're exactly right. He and, and, and the pop up yeah. stops don't struggle on routine no. plays. Well, I'm not knocking the guy. I'm not. This is not my. Just and I'm not trying to make any snap judgments on him off small sample sizes, but. Guys that tremendously filled that position when a ball goes up in the air, it's an out. I mean, I'm not trying to be. That that's just an observation. We'll keep it live and legal and get a timeout. An hour two on the radio with you as we continue. It's Tony Basilio, Bino Jeff Henderson, Brian Hartman with you on a Friday. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. If you wish to join the final four in the men and the women. Uh, the women tonight, the men tomorrow. May I ask these guys if they plan on watching? How much they plan on watching? If they're excited that it's here? If you got a thought on anything we've talked about, or maybe the final four, 
or maybe a little bit of football, whatever it is, we'll kick it around. We got an hour to play after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late-model, low-mileage, one-owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
41, Dada Bill, Dada Bill, Dada Bill, Dada Bill, Dada Bill, Dada Bill, Come to the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Championship, hosted by the Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club, benefiting their college scholarship fund. Outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Champion. The event will be held at the Tennessee Livestock Sale Barn at 1231 Industrial Park Road, Columbia, Tennessee, starting at 11 a.m. Hope to see you there. 31, Dada Bill, Dada Bill, Dada Bill, Dada Bill. fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. The Mules are back in town. Mule Day 2023, the wagon train departs on Wednesday, headed to Murray County Park. Attend all four days, Thursday, March 30th through Sunday, April 2nd. Mini Mania Show and the Log Pulling Competition Thursday at 12 noon with the Feed Time Race at 2 p.m. At 4 p.m., Jackpot Mule Races has some smoking fast mules, all competing for cash and bragging rights for the title of the fastest mule in Tennessee. Friday at noon is the Driving Mule Show, and at 6 p.m., the Gated Mule State Championship. Saturday is a big day. The Mule Day Parade on West 7th Street in downtown Columbia at 11 a.m. sharp. Then Pony Mule Pulling at noon. Mule Pulling Tennessee State Championships and the Skillington Draft Mule Show at 2 p.m. On Sunday, we have worship at 9 a.m., the Riding Mule Show at 11 a.m., and gospel singing at noon. Did I mention Friday and Saturday? Ham and white bean plates are only 10 bucks from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Visit MuleDay.com for a complete schedule of Mule Day events. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. Again, 865-200-5402. One of the things I want to introduce is we, uh, and then we'll go back to our phones. Again, 865-200-5402, our contact number. We'd love to talk to you. On this Friday, I hope you're having a blessed one, no matter where you're hearing us, whenever you're hearing us. Bino, we did letter grades on Rick Barnes. I'm toggling between an A and an A+. The guy had his projected starting lineup for 3.7% of the plays. As we broke it down uh, yesterday in the blog over at tclub.team, our Thursday offering. And I'm toggling right now, Bino, between an A and an A+. And I've gotten some hate email on it, some hate texts, people angry with me. But when I consider that you win 25 games, get to the Sweet 16, when you have your starting lineup for 3. Point, I think it's 3.7% of the year. I don't even think it's 3.9. Um, it, is, it is a terrific coaching job done by Rick Barnes. I'm, I'm toggling between an A and an A+. Plus. Where are you right now, Bino, on that? Well, uh, on your grade, I'm, I'm sitting at wishing that you had been – my high school algebra or my college exercise physiology professor. Um, I, I'm going with a B, Tony. I thought that Tennessee had a solid A coming out of Texas. Uh, I thought that they got a D in the second half of the regular season and would have been an F had they not found a way to beat Alabama at home. And then I thought that in their final exam, the NCAA tournament, they had a, a solid B. 
so I, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with a B this year. How about Brian? You don't have your point guard. You beat Duke. You get to the round of sixteen, and Bino's giving you a B. Brian, a B. Well, I um, I would have given him a higher grade if they'd beaten Kentucky at home. I, I think that's where I kind of knock them down a few points. Yeah, but you know what? At the uh, end of the day, they were not a good matchup with that Kentucky team this year. You know, and we should well, be thankful we didn't play. True, we should be thankful that Kentucky didn't last in our region, and we that, didn't see him again. But I mean, it's 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 still Kentucky, and you're you're paid to win that game at least at home. The way he's getting paid, and the way the program has been elevated, and so there's still there's still a little bit of disappointment. And they went one and one against Bandy, and so the three biggest rivals they played. They went one and you know one and four against. Well, I mean that's cherry picking. They beat Texas. They beat Alabama. Come on now, that's cherry picking, isn't it? Isn't Brian cherry picking? You know, but I, I, you know, I, I, I give him a solid B, and I think that's, I think that's okay. You know, that's the old adage. Hey, you know what you, you you're doing there, and I'm not. You can do whatever you want to do, but that's the old adage of what college football fans do, where. I count the losses a lot more than I count the wins. Like when you lose a game, that's a big game. When you win a game, oh, you know, whatever. Florida wasn't very good. Well, the wins do count. I mean, the, 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 those wins do count. Oh, no, no, I understand. I'm talking about, though, they putting, matter. But putting more accent on the losses than the wins is doing the, foot, the college football fan thing that everybody does to their football coach. The, the, the big games are the ones you lose. And, oh, you know, Florida wasn't very good this year. And so-and-so, you know, they couldn't play. And, and Alabama has secondary issues. And But the big game was South Carolina. And, you know, that was the big game. And Georgia was a big game. That's what that's what, uh, that's what what we do. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's just you, uh, Brian, because Matt Dixon certainly um, expressed that viewpoint as well, cur- curmudgingly. You know, you wanted to revisit uh, the shortstop issue. Oh, just just for I'm I'm. What I want to clarify is I'm not saying that I, Ahuna does not have the ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you can see that in the super plays that he makes, uh, but his consistency has to get better. Uh, and I don't think he's the plus defender right now that we were led to believe he is. Back to the phones we go, 865-200-5402. Bina, will you be tuning into the women's Final Four this evening? Uh, probably not, Tony. I, I, I may, but probably not. Our game begins at 7 Eastern time. Brian, what time's Lady, uh, the Lady Vols? What time does what time's the women's Final Four tip off tonight, Brian? I believe it's 7 and 9.30. LSU game is first. South Carolina game is second. So South Carolina so, against the gal from Iowa that can shoot it, getting off the bus. Right. I'm, that is the light cap. I'm going to recommend, which you might, I might lose credibility in the eyes of some here. I'm going to recommend that you all tune that in tonight, that you, the listener, tune that thing in, and you will thank me. Now watch her go out and, and score three points, getting the old Basilio curse put on her. I will likely watch the finals, Tony, but I'm 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 doubtful. I'm you know, uh, friend of mine called me last night and he said, You're really not watching that, are you? I know you've been doing the radio bit this week. I said, I'm not doing a radio bit. 
I said the Elite Eight was really good. And the gal from Iowa is a star. And a star is a star is a star. And she can shoot you know, from anywhere. Uh, what's interesting is the LSU game is going to be played the same time as their baseball team is playing Tennessee. They they have a, Those fans have a choice to make. They've got an LSU women in the Final Four, which hadn't happened much. Probably different. And they got a baseball game against bases. the ball. Probably do. Bino, what do you think they're going to choose? The baseball or the or the uh, women's? If if we when the numbers come out, uh, I'd say the women's game will not hurt the baseball crowd tonight. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Bino, what do you make of the fact that the uh, final four is like a ten dollar get in right now, and the women's uh, final four is like a four hundred dollar get in? I I, I thought uh, Higgins' line yesterday was just. Laugh out loud funny that the Final Four field looks like a Thanksgiving tournament in, what did you say, Pensacola? <laughs> yeah, Maury Hanks. Hey, you leave my man Mo Hanks alone. You, you wash your mouth out with soap, boy. What are you talking about? You better get Maury Hanks' that's name out of your mouth. That, that's, what he, that's pretty much what he said without saying back. it. Let's go back to the phones. No. Maury Hanks has better fields than the Final Four is going to have. Good gosh almighty. Look at that thing. I'll tell you what, I want Florida Atlantic to cut them down, though, now that we're on the uh, subject. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tony, it's Ryan in Chattanooga. Hey, Ryan in Chattanooga, welcome in. Hey, hey I was just going to, since Matt's on here, I was just going to let him know, y'all missed a real opportunity on naming the podcast uh, you could have called it Dixie's Dingers, and that would have been a great, great name. I thought. Yeah, he's not actually. That's Bino and Brian that are on here, but we, we, uh, we. Oh, I thought Matt was on earlier. No, we were dragging him. No, that was Chris Burke. That was Chris Burke in for Matt. Chris Burke, yeah. who sounds like. So, do Matt and Chris sound alike, Brian? Is that what I'm hearing? I think they might. Brian, have you thought about that? Maybe it's just. Yeah, I, I've heard people think. You know, I, I'll say Matt will say something, and they think I said it, or. Yeah. I'll say something, and they think that Matt is. So Ryan, no problem, so buddy. And I did. I have drug Matt's name. I guess you'd say I've used it in vain, Bino, two or three times today. But uh, I'm doing yeah, that in. Yeah. I'm doing that in good, uh, good, clean fun. Trust me. Sure, absolutely. He had a little, you're, bit, he had a little bit of fun with you yesterday, though, didn't he? Oh my gosh, he was really going after me yesterday. Yes. Well, I was just going to call. I, I was going to say this. Since you touched on basketball. Um, yeah. I would give Barnes an A for the performance of the season mm-hmm. the team that he had. Yep. I would. The reason it's dragging down to a B is I give him a C on his roster um, construction. Just, I, I honestly think you built a roster, a starting lineup of four guys who disappear when the moment is right. Wow. And you got one shooter yeah. who, if a team covers up really well, yeah. then – and nobody steps up, you got a big problem. And he should have known that going in because this isn't Kamwa's first year. It's not Triple J's first year. No. It was Key's first year. But, I mean, you could see through the first half of the season that Key was not scoring in bunches the way he was supposed to. So it's hard to give him an A when you look at the fact that he constructed a roster that was so flawed. But a guy that's had his starting roster – for like 3.7% of the possessions on the year, they wins 25 games, gets a sweet 16. It's a pretty darn good job, man. I, I agree. That's why I'm giving him the performance as an A. I mean, and beating the teams that you beat and being within a whisker of beating Arizona at yep. Arizona, yep. like 
those are great wins. And, and you got to give him in terms of performance an A. But the problem is, is that the construction of the roster is his responsibility too. And this team was really flawed. And a guy who's been around the game as long as him should have known you've got to have shooters and we don't have any. Um, well, and I, and, and listen, I, I appreciate you. I, I thought it was weird yesterday. The people that do what I do were retweeting Olivia Cumwell and putting like WTH like it was Olivia Cumwell's decision to leave here when he went into the portal yesterday. I mean, you all make a few phone calls, please. The seniors have been told. You guys are not, I mean, no offense, but it's time for you to move on. Get on with your life's work. You've been in the program four years. We love you. Thank you for your contribution. Plavi, thank you. Triple J, thank you. Olivia Kumwa, thank Didn't you. The only one that they w- will welcome back is Vescovy if he chooses to come back. And I, you know what? After thinking about it, I think that's the right decision. I think these guys, all of them, might benefit to go play somewhere else for a year. I think Olivia Kumwa might benefit going to a and, and seeing what's out there for him in terms of offers and opportunities. And the same with... Josiah Jordan James, and the same with uh, Plavi. Ryan, what do you think? I think that's a right decision by Rick Barnes. The staff has tried to talk him in behind the scenes to keeping Kumwa there and to keeping Triple J there, and he's been pretty steadfast uh, against that, which led Kumwa to entering the portal yesterday. And I think you'll see a couple other guys jump in as well here shortly. I think Rick Barnes, Rick Barnes, you have to know, is going to be a lot like Jeremy Pruitt as a head coach. He's not going to play an offense that's going to risk his defense. So you've got to have guys who can score. Like That's what I don't quite understand with his roster management yeah. is if you've got guys who are laying up bricks and settling for three-pointers because you've got nobody inside, how is that not a risk for your defense? But see, I think you've got you to s- get guys out there yeah. who can score and can make their own, make their own points. Here's the issue, defense. though. Here's the issue. Like the Stillione guy. Here's what I hear about him. Incredible offensive player. Pretty suspect on defense. Now, you guys tell me. We've seen this guy's act for eight years now. But, you know, how's that going to go? How's Stillione? How's that going to play out next year if that's the case? I, I, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot different. I, I think okay. it's going to be it, you. if you defend, you play. Yeah, if I you think don't, that's. You don't. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah. I mean, you get you can get a five star who can come in. A Kennedy Chandler yeah. came in and made a massive difference because he could make his own, he could score his own points, yes, uh, make his own play. But he was also not a liability on defense. He could defend. You're that's not right. Going to get that with freshmen. You're just not. I mean, that was a unicorn. I mean, you're not. That's gonna get that. very. I find very accurate, and I appreciate the call. First of all, most freshmen are not physically ready to play at this level. And secondly, most freshmen don't want to defend first. That's why it's 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 very mysterious to me that he continues to get players of that ilk, thinking they're going to change that coach. They're not. I mean, we know what this guy, what you're going to get from him. Bino, you know, what about the decision to move on from the seniors? Um, you forwarded it or against it? Uh, personally, I, I would be for it, Tony, uh, other than Vesco. I'd love to see Vesco come back. Uh, and I, I think it would, uh, I'm like you. 
I think it would benefit all of those guys. I think they've done everything that they're going to do here. Yep. Maybe Com will go somewhere else and finds the consistency that he's been looking for. Yep. For four years here, um, and I, I I hope that Triple J is physically able to go somewhere else and play if that's what he wants to do. Um, I think you would somewhat miss his leadership. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I think it's the right decision to kind of move on at this point. I think we've done all we can do with that cast. Tariq Owens notwithstanding, and he never played for Barnes, but Barnes hasn't had a kid that's transferred out of the program win an NCAA tournament game yet. How's that for an interesting number? This year, a couple guys had opportunities. Drew Pember being well, where the one. They, where they transfer to? Well, the kid, the kid that's at NC State right now who... If he had to huff and puff and blow your house down, your house would still be standing. I don't know if yeah, you guys caught his you go to ass. Like if you, Asheville, if you caught you're DJ, probably, well, DJ are, Burns, you're probably not going to win one. DJ Burns at NC State this year, they had an opportunity playing out there in the altitude. Bino, when you saw him run up and down the floor, what was going through your alleged mind? Uh, defibrillator. I mean, good gosh, kid. Good gosh, man couple of things i would like to see going forward tony that i would wish for and one's probably wishing on the magic eight ball and the other i think maybe we have a chance i i would like to see rick barnes going forward uh strike a little better balance between offense and defense that one's probably wishing on a star um the other one is i i i would like to see us improve it identifying guys in the transfer portal that can help us and getting them and then somewhat letting them be them from an offensive standpoint. Back to so you're not, I got no shot at either one. Hello and welcome into our next call on a Friday. How my French compatriots? Hey, Dub. What's up, buddy? Proud of our Tennessee Volunteers in baseball. Uh, they hung in there. They made those couple of mistakes. I know in the eighth inning, but uh, you know that was a record crowd at LSU. Did you hear that? Over thirteen thousand were there. And I doubt their men's basketball team got that crowd for two or three games combined. What do you guys think? Listen, man, I'm. I love. I absolutely love. That that game was that huge last night, and this series is this huge. I think it's great, and the crowd was extremely right. respectful. I thought toward our kids. Now, I, I I think it's just a tremendous compliment to yep. what uh, to what Tony Vitello's built here. That they have the largest yeah. crowd in LSU history for that yeah. series last last night. That that's that's just a tremendous statement and Tony I don't expect you know LSU fans are probably the ones that I would expect to hold having fun against anyone you know when they look back at last year's Tennessee team they're probably the least offended in the whole league yeah I didn't sense well I'll tell you what I just sensed last night that they have a great deal of respect for Tennessee's baseball program what the Vols have built yeah I mean when you beat them six in a row they they respect that yes 
you know, in practice this week, you think they'll put a man on first and say we got two outs and hit like a thousand ground balls in the infield and the pitcher? My gosh. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the, the drop for Halverson, that's just, you know, you can work and work and he's going to make that play. 999 times out of a 1,000. That's just the one last yeah. night when he dropped. And then in the bottom of the inning, W. Lynn, to show you how that game goes, the yep. Vols hit a routine ground ball that I think the shortstop airmailed over the first baseman's head, which almost gave the yep. Vols a crack of light there. Yeah, and then we had a pinch hitter that he hit a screamer right down the first baseline there in at top of the ninth. Of course, it was foul. Yep, it was very close to hitting the chalk. Very close. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, Bino, I like your assessment of the infield as far as it's not quite what last year was. What do you think about catcher, and who do you think ought to be our catcher? Well, I I don't think that, I I don't think that Charlie uh, Taylor's defense is enough to put him in there when he can't hit. Uh, so I think either Dickey, you go with either Dickey or the other kid at catcher. Okay. Starks. Starks. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name either. Farragut kid. Okay. The other thing is, uh, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm voting for Evan Russell every Monday. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love what he does and, uh, he's not biased. He's not a homer. Yep. We're going to bring him back on Monday. He gets one more try at it, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not pro last year's team over this year's nope. team. He's just telling us like it is. I know? love him. So, I think he's really insightful, really smart, uh, really wise. You know, I'm not, I don't mean this the way it sounds, but it's no wonder he got as much as he got out of his limited physical abilities and played at the high level that he played uh-huh. because he's a super smart guy. Yeah, he's yeah. got a real high aptitude for that sport. You talk about a guy that got in that line about three times. He'd be a hell of a coach, I think. I think so, too. I, I wish he'd go into coaching, to be honest with yeah. him, after hearing him. Yep. You know, be a, be a grad assistant or something. Yep. But, yes. Uh, I'll be primarily watching baseball. I'll probably have my secondary TV on the ladies' final four, but uh, – I'm definitely pulling for Virginia Tech. Uh, used to be called VPI when I was young. Yep. Uh, with with that Georgia Amor over Mardi Gras Mulkey in LSU. Old Mardi Gras Mulkey, who John Adams has like a uh, low key crush on or something. I don't know. Well, well, let me tell you about that girl he's talking about on the bench. Remember, he said there was a dark haired girl yeah. that was odd looking. Yeah. She's really real good looking, but she dresses kind of flashy, and she kind of looks like a, was it Morticia, the wife on Adam's family? You know what? I've seen her now. She's got that Morticia vibe. Yeah, but if you see her get up and walk around, she's pretty good looking. And, uh, hey, W. W. Lynn, w. Lynn, when you're y'all's age, everybody's pretty good looking, <laughs> as my dad used to say, and... Thank you, Dublin. Don't, don't, you know, I mean, come on, man. Come on. Let's go back to the phones. <laughs> Hello and welcome into our next call. Uh, do I get to chime in on the uh, on the female rating system here? Are we, are we opening that no, up? No, no. I've, I've, seen some of you, I've seen some of your handiwork. Oh, 
Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Tony, it's good to talk to you. Ah, I love you, CK Boke. How you doing, buddy? Doing fine. Uh, Bino and uh, uh, Brian Love, part man. Yep. Uh, all, all my favorites. Yep. Um, hey, I do want to get to uh, uh, the basketball, or, yeah, with, with Barnes and all that and the ratings, but I want to start out by saying <clears throat> that Clark girl from Iowa is phenomenal, and she's the reason I've been watching, other than the Lady Ball, because I watch the Lady Balls and I'm a fan. Other, other than them, she is the reason I watch ladies basketball. That girl is fantastic. Her game is unbelievable. And everything you said is 100%, 100% on. She's fantastic. She's worth watching. Anybody who hasn't, please tune in tonight. Uh, yeah, Bogey, I, I have seen, uh, I have seen highlights, uh, of, of the women's tournament. And, uh, I, I can understand why people would tune in to watch her game. I, I always thought Tarasi was uh, about as fun to watch as anyone recently in the, in the women's game. And, uh, and Clark has a game similar, if, if not better. It's, uh, she, I, I can see why people would tune in to watch. I just threw up a little bit when you said Tarasi. Okay. Um, well, I, I know she played for the wrong school, but uh, she she was a hell of a player and fun to watch. No, you're right. I agree. I'm just kidding. You're right. Um, can I give Barnes and the team a rating? Um, Hit it, Bogey. I'm 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 here for you. Okay, so I'm going to say a B, a solid B, and. Uh, Anytime you take a team to the Sweet 16, uh, that's a great year. And, uh, you know, Barnes is, uh, he pieced together a team at times, but here's the thing with Barnes. And, you know, I think about him and Rick Patino. They're, you know, they're older guys, but, you know, Rick has got a reputation as taking, uh, a team and being a little more forward thinking. Barnes, if he could change, and I'm not asking him to do a complete overlord, or, or, or uh, you know, just completely change his his format and his viewpoint on basketball. But if he can make just slight changes, um, I think it could help him to take the next step uh, going forward with his team. And and then we're talking about offensively. If they just gave a little bit more attention to that side of the court, um, Barnes could have a you know he's got players there that can can produce we i'm thinking for next year and i i would be excited to see what they could do if they were turned loose just a little bit da, da, da. Da, 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 da. i know you're about to get that do, 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 do. i got one other thing yeah one quick thing tony d last night i he cracked me up he said he had his glove on and the guy said what are you going to go in he said no if i go in we'll be like 17 to nothing I love any time yeah. he gets on the he gets on a microphone and <laughs> they're doing interviews with that guy. He's he's, he's a best man. TV. He's a best. Thank you. I'm hoping they pull off a win tonight. Well, the way Bino, hey, the way Bino and Fat Five Freddy talk about the Ahuna guy, you might have thought it's Vitello at shortstop. <laughs> Thirty six past the hour. I mean, it's incredible. I'm just you know. I'm just I'm calling uh I'm calling the shot here, calling shots. Back to the phones we go. 
on a Friday. Hello and welcome in. Brian Hartman stepped away momentarily. Hello and welcome in. Yes, good day, gentlemen. Good day to you. So, so is the bar in basketball, is it the Sweet 16? Or, you know, our football program has excelled. Our baseball right. program has definitely excelled. Right. So, is he going to be, is, as you say, Danny White going to be content with the Sweet 16? Or do you feel like that we can go farther than that with just this, you know, our basketball program? Well, when you when you walk into Thompson Bowling Arena and you look at our Elite Eight banner, there's one year there. And it's the silliest-looking banner maybe of all time. It screams, we can't do this in March, but we've only done it once, and it wasn't under this head coach. So if you're asking me if I'm counting on that happening under Rick Barnes, no, I'm not. No, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm saying, is Danny White going to is he how's he going to address it or what do you think that he'll do? Because I feel like he is out there to put a good product on the floor. Yeah. And Rick Barnes, I mean, no offense, the guy's a saint apparently, but Interesting. He's, he's, he's not gonna get it done. Well, I mean, hey, he's, he's won 25 games, got to the Sweet 16 this year. By the school standards, Bino, that is kind of getting it done, isn't it? No. No? Maybe by the school standards, but not by, I don't feel like Daniel, I just don't feel like Daniel White's going to be content with that. Bean Star, what do you think? Uh, I, I, I don't think that Danny White is going to fire or move on from Rick Barnes. Uh, as long as you've got a guy that is that is constantly getting to the tournament um, uh, and has Rick Barnes' resume, um, I, right. I think that would probably be a dangerous and probably not, in my estimation, uh, not the right move to make. Uh, because I just don't think there's any magic wand out there that takes you from making the tournament every year to going deep in the tournament. So, the UT fans, Tennessee fans, I mean, I know we're kind of spoiled, but we want to be better than that. And is Danny White going to play to that, or is he just going to say, hey, look, this is the best we got, deal with it? Because you can't, like you said, you can't fire Rick Barnes just because it's almost like he's grandfathered in for what he's done. But do you just, you know, roll with that? You know, it would be a really interesting um, conversation here because Barnes kind of held Tennessee over a barrel when he was at his apex of, you know, as hot as he was, which was a pretty good move for him with the whole UCLA thing. And so if... Yeah, he had no problem putting us over a barrel. Well, well, hang on. If you would have told at the time Randy Boyd who did the deal, it wasn't Fulmer, people blame Fulmer, it was Randy Boyd's deal. If you would have told Randy Boyd at the time that four years later this would be your return on investment, one sweet 16, and, and the COVID year they were going to miss the tournament. So I'm not being revisionist, they were going to miss the tournament that year. So four years later, you were going to get out of the deal one sweet 16 appearance. And a couple of... Um, first weekend exits would they have paid him that kind of money no i don't think so Bino, to you 
I don't. I don't think. Uh, I, I don't think that was the expectation when they made him the fourth highest paid coach in in college basketball. I think w- with what was going on uh, in in other sports on campus at that time, um, I, I think having a stabilizing force like Rick Barnes was more important to Boyd than than. The, the wins, per se. But, but you know what? I mean, if he could have seen it, there's no way they would have bellied up to the bar the way they did for Probably this. not. Yeah. Probably not. They for pro- this. He probably expected uh, more than this. I, to the to the caller, I'm, you know, uh, my, my feelings on Rick Barnes is the day that Rick Barnes decides to leave is not going to be a sad day for me oh, like it was when me, the Mears era ended or when, when, when Pearl's era fell apart. Those were sad times for me, but I, I don't think that they should think about moving on from Rick Barnes until he commits a fireball offense, which he hasn't come close to doing. No, I mean, I get what you're saying. It's yeah. almost like you're kind of just not stuck with him, but that's just what you have to deal with right now. Yes, you're stuck. That. That's a good word. Okay. Stuck's a good no. Stuck uh, is a... Because you're not firing the guy. And, and people like you that want to go further, and I don't blame you. Because I'm watching uh, no, Florida Atlantic. I'm not blaming you. Yeah, we're watching. I want to go further. Yeah, we all want to go further. But the truth Man. is, is this guy going to go further? I wouldn't no. bet on that. I just wouldn't bet on it. No. You know, he hasn't been to a he hasn't been to a Elite Eight since 2008. I mean, you know, that's a that's 15 years. That's a and with some pretty good basketball programs at Texas and Tennessee. It's pretty good lineups. Pretty good rosters. But you got to think that the football and the baseball program is applying some pressure or heat, like you know. Or maybe not. Maybe it's be, maybe it's the Bino effect. Maybe they can just let him coast because football's seemingly off the ground. We'll see. And the baseball program is now a thing. Uh, so so maybe he can just kind of sit in the middle and get his twenty five wins, and because he's going to do that, he's going to sit in the middle. And they're going to win that. Like Joe Lenardi next year has them predicted a fourth seed in a, in a way too early. I'm not how he's Joe Lenardi's doing that, but I guess everybody's got to stay relevant. I don't know. But uh, listen, I appreciate you. Thank you. Always good to hear a call from Chattanooga. Gave me my lovely wife. Take a brief. Don, I, yeah. I do think that there's there's an atmosphere out there that could put more pressure on Rick Barnes if if he has a slip uh, like. Uh, like former did when Pearl got basketball cranked up. You know, former had a couple of slips that gave them an opportunity. Yeah. Barnes just hasn't had that slip. Right, that's right. What, what's what's a slip in hoops, Bino? Like an eighteen win year, seventeen or eighteen win two year years, next year. Two seasons without going to the tournament for sure. Eight six five two hundred five. See, he already had one, but he. Um, I, I'm, I'm I kind of thinking. You mean in a row? In in, in a row, uh, unless you know you you miss the tournament and everybody looks at the program and says, "Hey, it's going to take a couple of years to get back to that level." You know, one year could get you there, but they've recruited too well, I think, for people to look at it that way. Brief timeout. We come back. Want to hear from you? Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. All lines jammed after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring, followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797.
Hello, this is Sergeant Brian Goats with Columbia Police Department. As a friendly reminder, the annual Mule Day Parade is Saturday, April 1st. Road closures will take effect from 7 a.m. to noon. Motorists traveling in Columbia that morning should expect delays around Garden and Carmack, West 7th, and Murray County Park. Follow our Facebook page at Columbia PDTN for the most up-to-date information. Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohee Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. You want to grill out, but the price of meat has been skyrocketing at the supermarket. So how about 20 ribeyes for $39.99? Prime House Direct, America's number one online butcher, is having a gigantic four-day sale. Today through Saturday, 8 a.m. till 7 p.m. Rain or shine. At Marvin's. 860 North Ellington Parkway, Lewisburg. Look for the big truck. And the big tent. 20 ribeyes, $39.99. Cases of fillets, New York strips, Delmonico's, homeless chicken breast, and even large shrimp with wholesome boxes of individual prime portions vacuum seals for long freezer life 20 ribeyes 39.99 accepting cash credit debit card and ebt 20 ribeyes 39.99 stop by and register to win our one thousand dollar prime steak chicken pork and seafood package along with a free freezer no purchase necessary 20 ribeyes 39.99 at marvin's 860 north ellington parkway lewisburg today through saturday 8 a.m till 7 p.m rain or shine online at the primehousedirect.com this is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hello and welcome uh, back to our Tony Basilio show on a Friday. Bino Jeff Henderson alongside, along with you and yours. Bino, you asked me a question during the timeout in light of our call from Chattanooga, and then we'll go back to the phones. Yeah, Tony, maybe we people can kind of ponder this and... If there are answers out there, we'll talk about it on Monday if you want to. Yeah. But uh, uh, I, I, the, the cautionary tale that I always throw out there is be careful what you wish for when you got a guy that's as successful as Barnes is. I'm trying to think in either basketball or football, other than going from Mark Rick to Kirby Smart, what's, an, what's a situation where someone has fired – or run off as successful a coach as Rick Barnes and actually improve their program. I'm having trouble coming up with any in basketball. And the only one I can think of in football was moving on from Mark Rick and going to Kirby Smart. Because some of you are advocating we need a change because this guy's going to get you through the round of 16. I don't think the guy's going to get you through the round of 16. I mean, I'll be honest with you. So some of you are advocating for that, and that's, okay, whatever. But show me proof that that's worked somewhere. Cincinnati did it. Cincinnati did not, got tired of Mick Cronin. And Mick Cronin fled to UCLA, but he was going to get run out of there. That's what he did. He, he basically restarted his clock, fell forward uh, after, the, after, they, after they wouldn't pay Barnes' buyout, according to Rick Barnes. But... Um, I think Bino asked an interesting question, and I think it's a cautionary tale. Because I think it's real easy in a 
in, in jest to say, hey, run this guy out of here. And sometimes even when you run people out that deserve to get run out, like Filmer, they're hard to replace, Bino. Yeah. I mean, Filmer deserved, despite what the Fulmerites want to think, he deserved to get run out of here when he got run out of here. He did. But we'll go back to the phones. Because nobody's coached for life. It doesn't work that way. But you better have a good solution when you're going to make a change. Hello and welcome into our next call. Tony Basilio show on a Friday. Hi. Hello, Tony and Bino. It's uh, Zach. Hey, Zach. Hey, I just want to wish, uh, and also I want to honor your Italian heritage by wishing Sir Lawrence Olivier Kamwa a bona fortuna wherever he goes. And the rest of the guys. Oh, boy. I mean, I was I was surprised to see that. I thought, but I'm, I'm actually, I really do wish him well. It would be interesting to see what happens to him and where, where he ends up. And this might be a test case for, like, what we've, our hypothesis here is defense wears you out just offensively. If some of these guys like Trip J, Sir, Liv, Sir Lawrence Olivier Conway, and maybe, uh, who else? Well, if those guys go somewhere else and perform well offensively, then that might help us uh, come, you know, fortify our hypothesis. Those, uh, you know, you know, um, I think those guys have benefit from a, from a new yeah. voice. Just like I think the program would benefit from some new blood. Yeah. I think Barnes is making the right decision. I find it. Funny, though, that people that do what I do are, like, commentating on this kid leaving as if it was his decision. I mean, I don't know, but it's not his decision. Trust me. Right. I I, I'm, I think what we've all said is, you know, we'll all take Santi back, but I'm not sure if he would want to come back. He can probably go make some money, although I think he's got a girlfriend still at UT that, he, he does. Okay. Well, yeah, they're bank. They're kind of banking on that. They're banking on the girlfriend angle, which I guess you never know, man. Yeah, I mean that's my girlfriend. My, I mean, I had a girlfriend at UT. That I was with for about three and a half years, and after I graduated, I moved away. I'd still come back to see her. So I mean, you know, if I do that for no, you know, for for no glory, you know, that that might. Um, influence him but uh, i'd like to give barnes a grade i want to give him a b plus and then i'm going to subtract a few points for all those losses to uh missouri kentucky and the uh, loss to vandy and i'll give him an 86 so i'm going to give him a number grade 86 which is in between a b plus a b and i want to thank you just real quickly for turning me on to caitlin clark i didn't Two weeks ago, I didn't know who Caitlin Clark was, and now I'm watching uh, some of her videos on Say, uh, Bino. highlights. Bino won't turn it on tonight. Bino won't turn that second Bino, game on. you got to watch it. Man. won't turn a second game on. This girl comes across. Zach, I, I'm not sure that's anything to thank him for. Say? No, it is. Hey, it, it is. It's something, to be, it's something right now in this kind of period where it's, yep. you know, it's something. And, Zach, uh, why do you call a female bird? That's what she is. She's a fem- and she's not Sue Bird. She's a female bird. Oh man, are you get? What are you asking me to say? What- like what? What do you? I don't know. What's the term? You know, what is the term for a female bird? There's got to be like I a scientific know, term for that. A hen. No, we can't call her the hen. That's not a. That's not a hard nickname. 
Hen Clark? Henny? Yeah. It's not hard. I just call her Killer Clark because uh, she comes across the <laughs> half court and can uh, throw daggers at you from the from the logos. And uh, I love the HVL when she was calling that person. Oh! She's like, "What's up, Pop? Whatever, Pop." I mean, she was doing. You can't see me. She was gone. She yeah. was doing the John Cena tour. You can't see me. Well, she's for real. She she worked out with Kobe for like two years before Same. she passed away. Yeah, Same. and her dad. Her dad is a wild, is like a wild man. Same. And uh, these, so these these women have some serious uh, talent. Uh, HVL is not in the. No, HVL is out. Yep. Uh, and then they got those two girls that are kind of like m m uh, models slash basketball players down at uh, Miami. They can kind of half play, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but it's all good, and I appreciate you for turning on the Caitlin Clark. I'll be watching that when I get home tonight. Thank so. you, brother. Good talking to you. All right. You're the main. You're the main. Back to the phones we go. Hello, and welcome into our next call. Tony B. It's Richard. Hey, Richard, welcome in. Yeah, been a few weeks. Bino, good to hear Hi, from you. I tell you what, man, uh, a couple things. But uh, first, hey, yeah, let's let's talk basketball. I ain't had a chance to talk since we've exited out and the season has ended, and and of course, and and what we're doing and where we're going. Uh, first of all, I wanted to. Uh, um, oh, let's see. I'm sorry. I've got to uh, do a few. Okay, I'm back, Tony. You got to do something. <laughs> no, I'm good, man. I'm good. Are you sure? Yes, I am. All right, all right. Let's, 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 let's talk about, you know, like I said, the expectations of our team. Yep. All right. When we, first of all, we think about the season and where we're going, there's a couple of boxes that you need to check. One, for our program and what we do um, and who we are, one is getting to the tournament is the first box you want to check. The second box is getting to a Sweet 16. And, of course, the third box for us is getting to the Final Four. That That's kind of where we are as a basketball. And that's where that's where 99% of all basketball teams are. There's only a small percentage of the Blue Bloods that have a different box. They Their box is a Sweet 16, Final Four, and winning it all. Mm -hmm. And so over the last six years, we are the sixth winningest program. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. 
Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Hi, Jimmy Elliott for Columbia Ace Hardware. I want to invite you to the grand opening of our garden center, Saturday, April 29th. Come check out our great selection of fruit trees, hanging baskets, ferns, and garden plants. We'll have those things you need to get your garden growing. There'll be lots of activity that day, grilling demos from our Big Green Egg and Traeger experts, free giveaways with your garden center purchase, and Breeze Homemade Ice Cream will be there to take care of your sweet tooth. The doors open at 8 a.m., 112 East James Campbell. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. 
The Mules are back in town. Plan now to attend all four days of Mule Day 2023, Thursday, March 30th through Sunday, April 2nd. The arts and crafts and flea market activities take place at Murray County Park Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sunday hours are 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The arts and crafts area consists of over 100 vendors with a variety of items that are all handmade by the crafters. You'll find quilts, pottery, ironworks, woodworking items, coins, and much more. Over at the flea market, you'll find 70 more vendors selling a variety of items such as sunglasses, toys, games, clothing and accessories, western apparel, cowboy boots and hats, decor, and lots more. Be sure to stop by the arts and crafts and flea market areas during your visit to Mule Day 2023, March 30th to April 2nd, right here in Columbia. Visit muleday.com for a complete schedule of events. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.